peace, well-being, health, safety, harmony, satisfaction, completeness, delight, wholeness. All these things make up shalom and this is God's vision for our life and our world. Sadly, we are far from it. But just because we're far from it doesn't mean God's vision has changed. Instead, he's made a way for this vision to become a reality. Join Vintage Church for this four-week journey as we discover God's vision and how he's called us to be a part. Dude, kicking off the primal path. Bolt, you ready for this? We're out here, Washington, D.C. Look at the fog. There's the Washington Monument behind me. World War II Memorial. We went to the Lincoln Memorial, ran down the mall, and then we came to John Paul Jones. There's a statue right there. And uh, John Paul Jones is known as the father of the Navy. And he was awarded the gold medal. Come over here. Come over here. He was awarded the gold medal by the government in the Revolutionary War. Dude gets a medal. And what does he say? Can you remember it? No. I have not yet begun to fight. Come on, dude. I have not yet begun to fight. After he wins a war, after he gets a medal, he says, I have not yet begun to fight. Don't hide from me. That's our theme this year. As you turn 15, as we walk through the primal path, I have not yet begun to fight. As we wrapped up last year, uh, Bolt and I received a challenge from the Lord uh, to take a journey in 2023, uh, the year of Michael Jordan. And uh, we are uh, going through what's called the primal path. A pastor up in uh, New York City, he's actually from Australia, his name's John Tyson, put together a journey for fathers and sons to go through. And so um, he kind of encouraged, as I jumped into this curriculum, to create a memory or a moment with your son before you take a year-long journey. And so it's quite the journey, five days a week. Me and Bold are studying different things. Our first section, there's four different sections. We walk through the life of Joseph, and our theme was moving from ease to difficulty. And so um, I want you to know at the end of 2022, I've still had the privilege of uh, being a part of the New Orleans Saints as uh, a chaplain for the Saints. This last season was my 13th season with the team. Who that? Y'all got to do better than that. Y'all know when I say that in Pittsburgh, I get booed. So let's try this one more time. Who that? All right. Thank you so much. All right. And, uh, and so uh, Bold and I are on our way. We've just spent Christmas together. And y'all remember last season, the Saints played at Philly uh, right around New Year's, right? Which was typical of our whole season last year, right? 
I mean, it was so random, so frustrating. I mean, we won that game in Philly. We couldn't make the playoffs, but we beat the team that went to the Super Bowl. That was typical of last season for the Saints. Really frustrating. But we're on our way, and I knew that we would drive through Washington, D.C., right? And so we go up to Washington, D.C., and we, in our first morning, we have a moment where I'm like, Bolt, we're going to wake up early, and we're going to go for a run. And we're going to go to all these different places. And so I described to you, we went by the, you know, Vietnam Memorial and the World War II Memorial, Abraham Lincoln Memorial. Like we went to all these places, but we come across this statue that I had never seen before. And I'm kind of looking at the map and I find John Paul Jones. I have not yet begun to fight. I'm going to land the plane today in my sermon with that phrase to challenge us here because We're talking about vision in this series. We're going to talk about how we are called to be ambassadors or ministers of reconciliation to bring about the shalom that Pastor Dustin Turner preached to you last week in this world. And I want you to know it ain't going to happen in this world with a bunch of kumbaya and hugs. There's going to be a fight. And I just love that mentality as me and Bolt began this journey together like here's Paul Jones right saying I have not yet begun to fight I mean I it wasn't on camera I tackled him into the ground when I read it I mean I was so fired up about this journey and so we finish all this time and I'll just be honest like he's already outrunning me I get body shamed every week by my three boys I'm so insecure around them I mean their bodies look amazing and I'm so jealous of their young good-looking, ripped bodies, but I'm dying, okay? We've just run five miles, and I'm like, Bolt, I need a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit ASAP. (laughs) And so we go walking back towards the hotel, and we pass by the White House one more time. And I say to Bolt, I said, Bolt, I want you to know how much your daddy thinks of you. As we walked by the White House, I said, The man that's in that office and what that office represents, some would say the most powerful position or office in the entire world. That's an incredible office. And I want you to know your daddy believes you could one day be the next president of the United States. That's how much your daddy thinks of you. And your daddy would love it. Y'all know me, I'm a straight-up diva. I mean, if my son was president of the United States, Secret Service would be getting me Starbucks and escorting me all over the world. I mean, I would love every second of it. But I said, Bolt, as we look at the White House and we consider that office, and I want you to know your daddy believes that you could be a president of the United States. That position in that office falls way short of you, my son, being a man of God. It doesn't even come close. Then it's church. I I know the stats. I've, I've lived here 27, 28 plus years of my 42 years. I know this city. I know the complaints, and I know the challenges, and I know the crimes, and I know the the exits that are happening in this city, and I I know, but I also know the great things. Good Lord, I've put on five pounds already in two days. (laughs) I mean, I've enjoyed some good food, and I plan on enjoying a little bit more today. Y'all better get ahead of me in line. I'm just being honest. 
But may I submit to you, like, we're here on a mission. And that mission's not to win another Super Bowl for the New Orleans Saints. That mission is not your health, wealth, and prosperity while you exist in this city. This mission, may I submit to you, is not a mission that we walk in defeat in. For may I share this with you, because I labored in this city alongside you. Yes, there's a lot of challenges in this city, but we're not here to make Jesus Lord of New Orleans. He's Lord of New Orleans. This is his city. And you and I have a very important mission. Mission to carry out. We're going to see the term ambassadors here or ministers of reconciliation. And you and I have been called to fight for shalom. See, Pastor Dustin took us last week to an understanding in Exodus of the fact that our vision must be founded and grounded in God's word. We considered in Exodus 34, verse 6, the Lord, the Lord, a God who is merciful, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Anyone want to raise their hand and say, the opposite is happening in the city of New Orleans right now? So we go to God and he fills us up, he resources us with who he is, for he's greater than anything in this world, and then he empowers us through his gospel to go about being agents for him, ambassadors for him, bringing about the very things that he is in and through us. So let's consider today the need, the need for vision. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 through 21. God's word says this, Verse 14, for the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this. You guys talked about the love of Christ and who God is. Uh, Now, here is kind of part two. Because of who he is, check out who we are. Check out what we've been called to do. That one has died for all, therefore all have died, and he died for all, that those who live might not no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, if you tap into who God is, if you so surrender your life to him, from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed. Anybody want to give Jesus a shout of praise right there? The old has passed. Behold, the new has come. Behold, the new has come. Thank you, Jesus, for that new life. And how is this possible? Verse 18. All this is from who? It's from God. Who through Christ reconciled us to himself and did what as he reconciled us? Gave us a get into heaven pass. Saved us so that we could just be all about ourselves and enjoy being saved. Oh, it's a packed room today, so we're good. Everybody else can go to hell. No. He saved us. He redeemed us. He reconciled us and gave us what? 
this very same mission that benefited us, the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ Jesus, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. Thank you for your grace, Lord. And entrusting to us this message of grace, this message of reconciliation, this possibility that, behold, all things can be new. Therefore, there's two therefores there. Therefore, we are what? Ambassadors. Everybody say ambassadors. ambassadors. We are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us, and we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God for our sake. He made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The word of the Lord. It's been so great to be back in NOLA. And I can't believe I got 35 minutes to preach. I hadn't preached to you guys in about a year and a half. I might just let y'all eat crawfish in here. <laughs> I was talking to Eduardo last night. I said, bro, who knows? God might manifest the ability to speak in tongues in Spanish, and y'all can just join us. I'll just start flowing in the name of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. I got so much that I want to share with you, especially as I come back here and I taste of New Orleans. I see things. I smell things. I recognize things. I see you. My last time in the city, although I was born and raised here, we moved here, 0405, to go to seminary. Katrina quickly shifted that from a call to get a degree to a call to, to serve the city. And Annabeth, my wife, was a massage therapist uptown. And we had the blessing of leading one of her coworkers to the Lord as I was also helping to rebuild neighborhoods through a program called Mission Lab in the city. And it was through that salvation that God broke my heart and called us to move off that seminary campus in Gentilly into the heart of Uptown. We visited that house this past weekend, and we started a Bible study. And that Bible study has grown to be what it is, Vintage Church. Some of y'all don't know this world because y'all have always had property, but over eight years, we moved 13 locations. Now, I'm going to tell you, some of that was Satan, some of that was me. I was a dummy. I was your pastor at 27 was when we started together. I didn't know what I was doing, but Jesus did. He was faithful to bring us to the place where we are today and then to send us to Pittsburgh. But I'll tell you, um, I think a lot when I come here, not just of our season together, but my childhood. I was the first born in the United States of my family. My whole family's from South Africa, and my parents moved as missionaries to America in 1979. I was born in Baptist Hospital right uptown in, 19, in 1981. And so I was born and raised in this city. My dad was a professor at the New Orleans Baptist Seminary, and he traveled the world with the Billy Graham Association. And my childhood was in this city, and I loved like living in this city and growing up in this city. Now, we were the worst church members ever, Dustin, because my dad was preaching all the time, so revival services and all this kind of stuff. But our membership was at First Baptist Church in New Orleans. At that time, it was on St. Charles Avenue. 
And so I grew up with the Mannings. They were in my Sunday school class, and uh, Dr. Roger Freeman was my pastor. And, man, I just I loved growing up. But one of the things I loved was Wednesday nights, especially when we were in town, we had a thing called Royal Ambassadors. Anybody in the house a graduate of Royal Ambassadors? Okay, we have like three, okay? There's a lot of things from the 80s with the church, especially in my denomination. It's amazing anybody met Jesus back then, okay? I'm just going to be honest. But um, Royal Ambassadors was, I've got kind of the pledge, the Royal Ambassador Pledge on the screen. You'll see it on the screen. As a Royal Ambassador, <laughs> we would have to quote this at the beginning. of, I will do my best to become a well-informed, responsible follower of Christ. To have a Christ-like concern for all people. This is like primal path before primal path. To learn how to carry the message of Christ around the world. To work with others in sharing Christ. To keep myself clean and healthy in mind and in body. Now, I'm not going to throw this guy under the bus, but I'll just say the very guy who leads the local Baptists in this city was my role ambassador leader. And if we ever forgot our book on Wednesday nights... I'm not making this up. You go to jail for stuff like this today. We got spanked with a belt. That's what I grew up in. I kind of miss the spanking days, I'll be honest. My twins got into a fight in the middle of a game this season. Both. I gave them a suspension for one game. Had to, you know, apologize to their teammates. I'll just say, when I was a kid, I took a swing at a ref. And my dad spanked me in front of everybody in the actual gym. Times have changed. So I'm at church on Wednesday nights, and if I forgot my book, literally, belt off, we'd have to run by, and wow. So I know this. Like, it's scars, right? We had to learn this stuff. Royal ambassadors. <laughs> Forming men. And, and although I don't agree with the tactics that my RA leader used, I do believe with us challenging, let's just categorize this, followers of Jesus, people who have been reconciled to God, I do believe in challenging believers to also be ministers of reconciliation. Your life is not your own. Jesus did not pay it all for you to do whatever. His grace was costly, and he demands it all from you if you've received that grace. This text speaks about this for in our text, we find the need, the need for vision. Some are like, why would you move to Pittsburgh, Rob? A lot of this is the need. God broke my heart for the city of Pittsburgh. I can't explain it. Doesn't mean I don't love this, right? It, it, it just means that God touched my heart with a need, with a calling. I don't want to just complain about my city. I want to step in and be salt and light in that city. And this text speaks about 
finding the need for men and women of God to rise up and fight for shalom, especially as ambassadors. Now, um, I want you to know that what Jesus has done for me, he could do the same for you. The first thing that we've got to establish, let's just stay in the theme of royal ambassadors. Do you know that in Christ, we are royal? Everybody say royal. royal. What does that mean? What, what, what does it mean that we are royal? Because when we're born and raised into this earth, I want you to know the Bible teaches what's called total depravity. That we've inherited sin from our earthly parents, Adam and Eve. And the moment you step on this earth, even if you're the cutest little thing in the world, you're a cute little sinner. <laughs> and because of that sin, you're separated from God. Your identity's in sin. You're only sinful. No amount of religiosity, no amount of mom praying for you, no amount of religion, no amount of, you know, Mardi Gras parades in this city is going to save you. You're a sinner. Just in case you're giving church a try for the first time today, I just don't want to freak out anybody because I know you're looking at me and you're saying, man, that's a real churchy person rocking them J's up there. I'm a little... Weirded out by the formality of this church. No, that's not how we roll vintage. We're a real church for real people. But just raise your hand if you're a sinner in the house. Anybody? Okay, so take a deep breath if you're here and you're like, oh, I don't know. This guy's yelling a lot. <laughs> Man, we are all desperate in need of God's grace. We're all sinners. But some of us in this room, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, we no longer are identified by just being sinners because we've been saved by grace. We still battle the flesh. We still battle sinful desires. None of us are perfect. Only Jesus is perfect. We cling to Jesus and we thank him that we are not just sinners. We are royal. Can I prove it to you in the text? 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 through 10. This is the part that talks in our text about being a new creation. The old is past, the new has come. Our new identity is clearly explained here. In 1 Peter 2, verse 9, it says, but you're a chosen race, a royal, everybody say priesthood. priesthood. Everybody say, I like the sound of that. <laughs> come on, y'all got to talk back to me. Say, I like the sound of that. Like the sound of that. There we go. A holy nation, a people for his own possession, Right? But look at all the benefits or the name title changes and the blessings. There's the mission. God doesn't give you an office to sit in and enjoy and have coffee served to you. He's blessed you with a gear shift. You are royal. Why? So that you may proclaim. Everybody say proclaim. Proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness, out of sin, and into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Everybody say, we are royal. Thank you, Lord. We're not just royal, we're ambassadors. Everybody say, we are ambassadors. I found this quote by Charles Haddon Spurgeon. I've been diving into his life. Can I be transparent and real with you? Over the last six months, I've been battling depression. 
So did Spurgeon for most of his ministry. It's been hard in Pittsburgh. Been beat up. So I came across this quote because Spurgeon, although he battled depression himself, he battled a number of different battles. He kept fighting the good fight. And I got to believe as I share even transparently what I'm going through, there's someone here going through some stuff. And it's real. But we got to keep fighting. I wish I could pick to come back here. I've told Dustin, I'll be your ghostwriter. <laughs> be a lot less words, less books used. But that's not my choice. I don't get to choose. My job description when I was your pastor, my job description now of a beautiful church family in Pittsburgh that Annabeth and I love so much that's stood by us through thick and thin up there too, it's this. I listen to Jesus do what he says. So I love what Spurgeon says here. He goes about being an ambassador, about this text. I think I see, it's from England, great preacher. It's called the Prince of Preachers. I think I see first a great mercy implied. Royal. Right? Secondly, a great office mentioned. But thirdly, a great duty involved. How many of y'all think there's some politicians in the world today that forgot why they got voted into office in the first place? Can I get a witness? <laughs> See, we have a duty. We are ambassadors. Let me share a couple things about the term ambassador. As a Christian, an ambassador is someone that is sent as a messenger of God. You're not from this earth, but you are an ambassador representing God's country. God has chosen you to be his representative because you seek to live a life that testifies of the goodness of God to all. The Oxford language definition ambassador means an accredited diplomat sent by country as its official representative to a foreign country and a person who acts as a representative or promoter of a specified activity. This is the, your life is not your own. This world is not your home. And may I share this with you, Vintage Church, Dustin shared with all volunteers. How many of y'all know Pastor Rob, like four hands went up? I said, this is a problem, Dustin. It's time for you to build my statue at the front so that everybody knows who I am. Make it look good, too. Skinnier. But I, I want you to know, listen, this is the truth. Because Dustin, I love you, but you're going to be forgotten too. You will be forgotten, but the kingdom of God never will. You're going to die, but the kingdom of God never will. So much even in ministry, us promoting ourselves. You're not giving people the hope by promoting yourselves. 
Promote Jesus. I told you for years, and it's been the same thing I've preached in Pittsburgh. If this city, if Pittsburgh knows more about Vintage Church than Jesus, shut her down. I'm having one of the greatest privileges of my life right now. I've shifted away from some of my local work in Pittsburgh to do some things around the country. And over the last really six months, I've had the great honor of sitting at the feet of Dr. Tony Evans. There's going to be a podcast that comes out in August. And it's going to be an eight-part series podcast, 40, 45-minute episodes in each. And I've done some 20, 30 hours of interviewing of him, his family, and um, I've been so inspired by Dr. Tony Evans, who's devoted his life to what he calls the kingdom agenda. Listen to some of what Dr. Evans says about the kingdom agenda. Throughout the Bible, the kingdom of God is his rule, his plan, and his program. God's kingdom covers everything in the universe. In fact, we can define the kingdom as God's comprehensive rule over all creation. Now, if God's kingdom is comprehensive, so is his kingdom agenda. The kingdom agenda then may be defined as the visible demonstration of the comprehensive rule of God over every area of life. This definition has some serious implications for us. The reason so many of us as believers are struggling is that we want God to bless our agenda rather than our fulfilling his agenda. We want God to be okay with our plans rather than fulfilling his plans. We want God to bring us glory rather than bring him glory. But it doesn't work that way. God has only one plan, his kingdom agenda. We need to find out what that is so that we can make sure we're working on God's plan not ours. You have been given the gift of Jesus Christ for a great reason. And it's because this world is in need of shalom. So may I submit to you in the last point. We are royal. We are ambassadors. But let's leave the royal ambassador stuff because it brings up bad memories of me getting spanked. We are kingdom ambassadors. We are kingdom ambassadors. Now, you might want to write this down on your notes because I'm not going to take a long time with each of these because Dustin's holding me down and not letting me preach all day. But I want to give you some, some hallmarks. This comes from me sitting at the feet of Dr. Evans for hours upon hours upon hours, sitting with... James Brown, who does broadcast for the NFL, Tony Dungy, Kirk Franklin. I've sat with all these men, and all these people have said, Priscilla Shire, Dr. Tony Evans' uh, daughter, man, kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. And God's been speaking to me, and these are a number of different things all put together, but this is what God's been challenging me with as I've been teaching myself in a season where, I'm just being honest, I've not exactly wanted to do what I'm doing. I've been getting into fly fishing up in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Dustin's been begging me for years to get a counselor. It's it. It's my counselor. Brown trout, rainbow trout, brookie trout. Get three of them daily. 
When I go and I retreat and I'm, I'm starting to ask the Lord anything but this, Lord, I don't want to do this, the Lord tends to speak to me about getting back onto his agenda, staying faithful what he's called me to. And so may I submit to you a number of things. Write these down real quick. We are kingdom ambassadors. First of all, you have to enter the kingdom. John 3, 3, Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You can't live for Jesus without Jesus. Do you know Jesus Christ today? In just a few moments, I want to invite you to trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So we enter the kingdom. Secondly, we understand the kingdom, James 3.17, but the wisdom of God is from above, is pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy, good fruits, impartial, sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who are making peace. We know and we know, right? We understand the kingdom. Number three, seek the kingdom. Matthew 6, the words of Jesus, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added to you. We don't just seek. We don't just understand, right? We proclaim the kingdom. We proclaim the kingdom. Acts 28, 31, at the end of Paul's life, I'm back in the book of Acts having a blast, taking a little bit longer time than I even took with you guys. Paul, at the end of his life, lived two years at his own expense, welcomed people. But what did he do in verse 31? Proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus with, bold, with all boldness and hindrance, without hindrance. Next, unlock the kingdom. Matthew 16, where our Catholic brothers and sisters somewhat take this out of context. Not about Peter. It's not about a pope. But he declares, I will build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. In verse 19, it says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. How about this? Inherit the kingdom. Inherit the kingdom. 1 Corinthians 6, 9, it says, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. So we enter into the kingdom, we seek the kingdom, we learn about the kingdom, we proclaim, but how many of y'all know people in the world today who don't want to have anything to do with Jesus because they've professed Jesus but not lived it? See, we got to walk our talk. So we've got to inherit this kingdom. How about this? Endure for the kingdom. Anybody ever in their life, anybody ever in their life, tried to live for Jesus, and everything in your world worked out perfectly for you to do so. No, this life is not our own. You stand up for Jesus. You're no longer a water boy in the kingdom of God. Satan is sending his best linebackers to take you out. But we're called to endure. Matthew chapter 5, verse 10, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I love this next point, enjoy the kingdom. Everybody smile. So we're like, Rob, you're really intense. Can we just chill out a little bit? Like, I do believe that a lot of what God intended for his kingdom on earth is here right now. 
And I do believe that what Jesus promised in Luke chapter 9, verse 2, where he called his 12, gave them power and authority over all demons to cure diseases. Anyone experiencing the healing power of Jesus in the name of Jesus now? He does, he does this. He gives us the ability to enjoy the kingdom. But it says that he sent them out to do these things and to proclaim the kingdom of God and heal. But I love this. All right. I know this is tough for people in New Orleans, but y'all do understand New Orleans is not yet heaven. There's going to be a better place, a better time. There's going to be perfection, shalom. This world's broken. And although, although we get to enjoy the kingdom, I want you to know we get to also anticipate the kingdom. A time where there will be no more pain, no more suffering, no more depression, no more hurt. But there will be shalom. I love 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20. It says, for the kingdom of God does not exist in talk, but in power. Satan at certain moments is like, ooh, I'm winning. Oh, I'm taking ground. We know the end of the story. Can I summarize Revelation for some of you? Jesus wins. So brilliant, Pastor Rob. Thank you. Now I don't have to read that long book. He wins. Jesus was, is, forever will be completely victorious. So can I summarize this we are kingdom ambassadors? It comes from Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. Look on the screen. Can we read this out loud together? And whatever you do, just stop there right now. I went to seminary. Brilliant. I'm brilliant. Got my doctorate. That whatever in the Greek means whatever. Your work, your parades, your crawfish, your neighbors, your house, your ups, your downs, whatever you do, let's continue reading, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Mark, come on up so I sound more spiritual as we close this. Listen to me. I want to show you this picture of Bolt with the statue of John Paul Jones there. Can y'all believe that's Bolt? He's over here. Bolt, are you paying attention? And, and I just had to grab this moment with Bolt. So proud of Bolt. He's like, Mark, he just plowed over a kid in lacrosse this past week. It was so great. I loved every second of it. I just keep warning him that his twin brothers might get as big as him. So enjoy these moments, but it's going to come to an end. That's what happened with me and my brother. But y'all remember the quote I shared with you? I have not yet begun to fight. What a mentality. 
Bolt and I, for 10 weeks, we went from ease to difficulty, the life of Joseph. Now we're transitioning into this season from self to others, the life of Moses. And, and I'm, I'm trying, I'm telling you, with everything that I have to raise up a young man of God. And I'm so proud of him, much like he had to do here. He doesn't get to just walk into a youth group that's already created. He's having to lead and launch a youth group in Pittsburgh. His daddy goes and preaches in churches huge all over the country. And they have to come and see already built youth groups and all the bells and whistles and everything that you could ever imagine. And he goes back and the youth group meetings that we have, he's the only kid his age. So I want to raise up a man of God to help him understand, yes, I hope we have thousands in a youth group one day. But that ain't what you're after. God's given you a mission, son. And I believe the harder it is right now, he's preparing you for something greater in the future. See, y'all don't know this, but God did what he did in me for the time I was your pastor because he was preparing me for Pittsburgh. I had no idea. The five years I've spent in Pittsburgh, our 13 years together were hard. They're kind of equal. Within five years, I've had about the same amount of battles. The enemy's been different, but it's been tough. There's no way I'd have made it without going through what I went through with you. And so this, I have not yet begun to fight. I want you to know, I grew up getting spanked at church. My dad was a tank commander in the South African Army. Y'all know I got whooped at home. And I, I have that kind of this gear. I do it. I, I did it last night. Me and, me and Nick almost got into a fight over putt-putt. Like, I'm just a fired-up guy, right? And so my mentality in this moment is like, Bolt, John Paul Jones, I have not yet begun to fight. You can do this. I mean, I'm, I don't want to tackle Mark. <laughs> like, that's my mentality. Like, suck it up, son. You can do it. Strong. You can do it. That's me. And guys, as I started to pray over it, And I, and I even like pulled back the layers in my battles right now. I said, I'm giving my son the wrong message. This is not you, son, having a mentality as a kingdom ambassador. I have not yet begun to fight. This is more importantly, I want you to think about Jesus. And I want you to hear the words that Jesus speaks over you, son. I want you to hear the words that Jesus speaks over you, Vintage Church, New Orleans. If we never see each other ever again, I want you to know this today. Over you, your family, your home, the city, the world, no matter what you're facing, these are the words of Jesus. You ready? Jesus says to you, I have not yet begun to fight for you, 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 for the kingdom ambassador role is not what we do for Jesus. It's what Jesus does for us. Whatever you do in word or deed, do you do? No, you do 
in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to him, giving thanks to him. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I've asked for Mark to, to jump into just this response song by just singing, Great is Thy Faithfulness. That song was in me and Annabeth's wedding. Because I had a, a father-in-law that sadly died of cancer when we were here with you. He reminded me, Rob, I love you. I'm thankful you're coming into my family, but this is not about you, son. You stay humble before the Lord. And you ask the Lord to carry you through every day of your marriage with my daughter. So we're going to sing great is thy faithfulness, but I, I just want to see maybe a, a response unto the Lord. First of all, some of you are here today. You've never entered the kingdom. How are you entering the kingdom? Jesus declared you must be born again. That means to repent of your sin, put your faith and trust in him. If you've never repented of your sin and embraced Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to invite you right now to boldly lift up your hand and say to me, to this church, and more importantly, to the Lord Jesus Christ, today I give my life to Jesus. Every head's bowed, every eye closed. Raise your hand right now if today's a moment of salvation. I see hands going up all over. Praise the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Anybody else? I see another hand. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Give your life to Jesus right now. He loves you. Enter the kingdom. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to talk about what you need to do here in a few moments, but let's talk about the second response. You know Jesus. You love Jesus. And today, no matter where you're at, I've told you I'm in the heart of some battle right now with depression. It's not about what you do. As Annabeth preaches to me every day of my life, it's not about your ability, it's your availability. But you in this moment have heard clearly from the Lord, I cannot be on my agenda anymore. i got to be on a kingdom agenda. All to you, Jesus, I surrender. If you know Jesus right now, but right now is a moment saying, yes, Lord, I am following you. Yes, Lord, I'm a kingdom ambassador. Yes, Lord, I'm a royal ambassador. Anybody in the house? I want to say that this is a moment, a gear shift for you. Raise your hand. I just want to acknowledge you before the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Grace and peace in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Everybody look at me. God is faithful, isn't he? If you prayed or if you're ready to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, please take a next step. Fill out one of these cards. Follow up online. You'll find a number of next steps. Our team will let you know at the end of the service. Can we give Jesus a shout of praise that God saved sinners in the house today? Thank you for joining the Vintage Church NOLA podcast. If you're enjoying this content, please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll see you next week.